It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is is the Go Birds Podcast. The Go Birds podcast presented by Parks, Casino, and Sportsbook, and Elliot Shore Parks. It feels like it took years to get mm. to this day, but we are here. It has happened. Training camp has begun, and you got a chance to be in your happy place. What up, buddy? It was so awesome. It was just so awesome. Like, it was so fun. And we're going to go through all the details of everything. So clearly, we're going to talk about Hertz and Sirianni and everything. And but just the feeling of driving up to training camp and seeing fans standing outside waiting to go in, like the chicken peach truck is back. The Eagles real bird mascot is back. So fans can like take a picture with them. It just look last year, considering everything that was going on, it was awesome just to get anything we got right to, to watch the team practice, even though there was no fans and like we were masked up and distance and it was still training camp. So it was, I'm never going to complain about that. But this was training camp. Like, today was training camp. You know, the, the fans were there. There was reactions. Players were signing autographs. And it just it just felt like the beginning of a new season. And as I've said on this pod many a times, training camp is my favorite time of the year. And uh, I'm, I'm a little tired because it was hot out and there was a lot of stuff. But uh, just doing this pod and talking about it, I'm re-energized and ready to go. I love it. I love it. I love thinking about how happy you were today. You know, it... it uh, you know, I'm stuck in the studio. It's still great for me. I'm happy they're back and all that, but I'm not down there on the sidelines. But I didn't care because I knew that you were there and it, how happy it made you to be there, to be back in your element, back in your happy place. It's awesome, man. I'm excited for you. Well, yeah, so um, in order to, obviously, although COVID is, you know, I don't even know if I want to say if it's better than it was last year, worse, whatever. Like last year, <laughs> there was no COVID. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like just the way things are trending, you know, but uh, last year there was no testing. So we would get our temperature taken every day to kind of show that we're uh, able to go and, and to go into practice. But as a tier two media member, which means I got to I was in the Sirianni presser. I got to actually be close to the players. I saw Jalen Hurts like face to face for the first time, which is weird considering, you know, he's been basically I've talked about him every single day for the last year. Um 
we had to get a COVID test. So I got there at around 8.30 or so, got my COVID test. And in the email, it said, you'll get it back within 30 minutes. And so I'm sitting in my car. I'm like, of course. I'm gonna <laughs> can you imagine? I'm fully vaccinated. Like, you know, I, I try to be as responsible as I can with all this, but I'm like, of course, today I'm going to test positive. And so it ended up taking more than 30 minutes. So I'm sitting in the car, I'm getting nervous. I see other media members start to like head in and then finally got the test, the text saying I was good to go. Bam. So COVID's still a little part of it, but it was definitely a nerve wracking experience to start. I can imagine. All right, well, let's get to it. Um, I want to get your takeaways on pretty much everything, but let's start with what everyone I think wants to know coming in. And look, people have heard, you know, not the best day for Jalen Hurts, it seems. Uh, you know, just did the midday show. The guys were on site. They talked about how they were surprised how small he looked. Which I was yeah, like, I heard Richie say <laughs> that. It's like okay, I think it just—I don't know why Richie thought he was tall. I mean, yeah. he's definitely undersized for sure. So for regardless, a but he's, regardless, he's thick too, though. You tracked all the throws. I know it was not the best day for Hertz, but what did you think when you saw Hertz tracking the throws? The whole Jalen Hurts experience today. Yeah, so it was good to be back tracking throws, first of all. Um, I did pull off the clipboard on the lanyard, so I did oh, do what I said you, I was going you to. You actually it, did it. Had it dangling. I mean, uh, that's you know, a look. So. That's a choice, as they say. Yeah, it's a football guy look, right? I mean, yeah, it's a football sure, guy. sure, sure. Um, okay, so here's my overall Hurts take. I will say his stats, and then I will tell you my opinion. Jalen Hurts today, 5 of 14, two touchdowns, one interception. Um, I thought that Jalen Hurts, like he's a starter now. And although I don't think he even should be the, even graded, though even though Nick Sirianni refused to say it, which was silly, yeah, but true. Uh, yeah. even though he refuses to say it, but, um, he's a starter now. So like, I, I don't think he should be judged on the same grade as Carson Wentz was because Carson was on a franchise deal. He was a fifth year quarterback, like all those things. I don't think you grade him on that scale yet. But there's also no denying that now he's the guy. He has to be graded and viewed on a harsher scale than he was when he was the backup. That's just reality. So I thought he was not that good today. Um, and I thought there was a couple reasons for it. One, they did a lot of red zone drills. And I heard John Ritchie say this. And as a former player, obviously I respect his opinion on it. And I've watched a lot of practices. So I do understand him saying that if you're doing mostly red zone and they did out of the four team drills, they did three of them were red zone. Um, they were all from around the 10 or 15. So it wasn't like he was at the two, but they were within the 20. Uh, you should do well there, right? Like I remember last year there would be drills where Carson would get five, six touchdowns in a red zone drill. And I saw Jalen do that last year too. So today the offense was not good in the red zone where I slightly disagree with Richie though, is I do think the throws are harder in the red 100%. zone. Like quicker. I was yeah, surprised he said that. I, and again, former player, he knows better than me, but you would think just logically that period red zone throws are harder. It's a smaller space. They're harder throws to make. Like it's more precision, more room for error. Like I'm actually, right. I'm, I'm, I was surprised he said that too. Yeah. So I, I thought they were hard throws that he was attempting. So while he was five of 14, there was no layup throw he missed. The worst throw of the day I thought he had was um, he were probably on like the, I don't know, 12 or 15 yard line, dropped back. Boston Scott was running across the middle. It wasn't exactly a check down because, you know, he was, he was like five or six yards beyond the line of scrimmage, but he was wide open. It was easy throw. And I thought Hertz just kind of led him a little too much. And it, Boston Scott, it hit his hands, probably should have caught it, but I didn't think it was a great throw. 
Other than that, I mean, one of his incompletions, he dropped back at probably, again, around the same yard line. Maybe it was more like the 10 or the 12, but he dropped back. He absolutely lasered this thing in. Uh, like, arm strength's not an issue for him. Lasered it in, I would say, between at least three or four defenders, and it hit, I want to say it was Travis Fulgham, right in the hands. Should have been a touchdown. It wasn't a super easy catch because it came in really quick and all that stuff, but should have been a touchdown. So that was, I thought, one of his better throws. Uh, his worst throw of the day, I think, was dropped back right around the same yard line, rolled out to the left, and it looked like he was going to run, and he didn't, which, you know, I guess is what you want. Ideally, you don't want him to run just because he gets hit more and it's easier to gain more yards throwing. So he rolls out. He looks like he's going to run. He stops, and he whips it into the corner of the end zone to Devontae Smith, and Darius Slay probably should have picked it off. Like, Darius Slay got right in front of it. Um, I just thought it was a very risky throw. So... Overall, he didn't miss any layups, but, you know, 5 of 14 is just not good. Um, not good at all. And the interception he had, I don't know if you can blame him completely for it. He hit Kenny Gainwell, like, right on the one-yard line. It looked like Gainwell had it, and then Josiah Scott, the cornerback from Jacksonville that they traded for, ripped it out of his arms. So I don't know if I can completely blame him for it, but ultimately it's an interception. So um, if I had to grade him today, grading him on a harsh scale, like this is, I, I'm going to say it is a harsh grade, I would give him like a C-. minus. So as someone who obviously wasn't there and didn't see it with my own eyes and all that and just going off what you've said and what others have said and what they saw, in a macro sense, I'm not at all concerned. It's the first day of training camp, the first day in a new mm -hmm. system, the first day working with all these different receivers, the first day of everything. So I honestly put like zero stock in today specifically. Now, obviously, if we keep going through this training camp and we're doing these pods and you're saying up, oh, you know, six for 12 today, you know, wasn't then then maybe I'll start to get more concerned. But, you know, look, I don't we we have a, a fundamentally different belief on how important you know on on the takeaways you could take from training camp stuff to begin with in the first place but then on top of that I just think the first day first opportunity in this system all that type of stuff I'm not at all worried that he was rusty I'm not at all worried that he looks small I, I'm I, I really am not like it this doesn't worry mm -hmm. me at all but now again we need to see him be better as camp progresses but from a leadership perspective all that stuff I know, uh, I don't know if people saw it, but the, the Bro Barn article on ESPN today about uh, Lane Johnson's Bro Barn. I mean, some of the quotes in there about Jalen Hurts, like, you know, talking about how hard he works and how he's constantly learning and constantly, you know, watching film while he's working out and studying the playbook while he's working out and all that stuff. I'm like, that kind of stuff, reading that article this morning did a lot more for me to get excited about Jalen Hurts than his performance mm -hmm. today got me negative. Does that make sense? Yeah, for, for sure. Um, and my opinion of it is, and to paraphrase one Jack Fritz, I'll never lie to the Go Birds listeners, right? Like, I just have to be honest and say that I thought it was concerning. Now, what I did say going into training camp was one of my favorite things about training camp is the roller coaster, right? Like, you're high one day, then you have a bad practice and you're down. And so I am not by any means throwing in a, up a red flag about Jalen Hurts. I'm not saying I don't think he's going to have a good year. All offseason, I've said I, I believe in this guy. So one practice is not getting me to, to change that. And I didn't read the Bro Barn article, but just knowing, you know, just from hearing things about the Bro Barn, like I'm not surprised that 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 you that reflected well on him. That being said, I did see I did see him today. And it was kind of a reminder that like 
You can have all the intangibles. You can work really hard. And I think those things are going to help him ultimately. But the bottom line is to succeed in the NFL, like you still have to be able to throw the ball. And he just didn't have a good day doing it today. So uh, again, not throwing up a red flag, but as someone that enjoys the ups and downs, like I can't lie. I I was coming into camp today saying like, I'm going to be right about Jalen Hurts. He's going to kill it. Like I'm confident in this guy. And he just wasn't that good. Now, one thing I'll say is, he still looks very dangerous with his legs. Like there were two or three plays where he ran and ultimately his ability to make plays with his legs is going to help up for help for any deficiencies that he might have as a passer. And I still think he'll be a successful passer in the NFL, but today was a good example where like, maybe he didn't, maybe, uh, you know, he didn't have a great, great day throwing the ball, but there were two or three plays where he ran and he looked like he would have got first downs. It's always hard to tell cause they can't tackle him. But, uh, there was also a play where it looked like he was going to be sacked. And in a game, maybe Fletcher brings him down. Fletcher is obviously a great player and a big guy. But who knows? Maybe he escapes that. So while he improves as a passer, like all second-year quarterbacks have to, there's no denying his legs are going to help him. Yeah, look, I, I, I absolutely— But I am concerned, just to be honest, like just to be clear. And again, like, I, 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 we're I, on different sides of this. Yeah. I get it. I, but I just think for one day, like it, it was the very first practice for him, for Nick Sirianni, for a lot of these guys, like— I just can't overreact to that. Like it's one day, it's one practice, yeah, and it's I'm, the first one I'm not in a like, new system with a new head coach, with a, everyone new. Like, and Jalen Hurts, by the way, his first practice, like training camp practice, as the one. I mean, theoretical one, yeah. all that stuff. So I, I just I can't overreact to it. And, and on a macro sense, I am with you on that. Like, I believe everything you just said. And to the Go Birds listeners listening right now, like side with James. Like that is, I believe, the pat. Like that is the correct takeaway. I just have to be honest and think that someone that physically saw him today, it was a bit of a buzzkill. Just it was just a bit of like, uh, man, this guy actually is going to have to go out and do it. Like you know, being a great uh, teammate and all those things matters, but ultimately you're going to have to go out and do it. And he just he wasn't that good today. Yeah, he just wasn't. And I, look, I get it, I get it. But again, it, it's the first day. If it's if we're we're talking about this in a week and he still looks bad, I'll I'll start to. Yep, maybe Agreed. reconsider. Uh, and look, uh, big news too from Jalen Hurts in his press conference. He is vaccinated, which is massive on so many levels. Leader. Yeah, seriously though. I mean, look, let's put it this way. Like, do you think every 32 of the NFL franchises, and we obviously don't know exactly which quarterbacks are and aren't, but I think we could take guesses, like, you know, the one who used to be here? Probably well, not. I was going to say, there's on, one in Indianapolis. Yeah, you said personal good, yeah. choice. I mean, if you hear them say personal choice, I mean... It's probably likely that they're not vaccinated. We saw what Hurts said. Well, Hurts had no problem saying, not, hey, I'm vaccinated. Not, not just that. Carson said personal choice while he had a mask on. Yeah, and he had so. a mask on talking to, unva- to vaccinated reporters, which is, you know. So it's pretty likely that he is not. Regardless, I do think that if you had 32 NFL general managers, owners, front office groups, and you had them in a room and you said, all right, you know, do you want your starting quarterback to be vaccinated? It would be 100% of 32 saying, yeah, you're damn right I want my starting quarterback to be vaccinated for so many reasons. You know, uh, across the mm-hmm. board, obviously just the being able to not lose them as easily as you could for portions of time is, is number one. But on top of that, just for the locker room, for the clubhouse, for, for getting guys to do it as well. Like, I, again, to that point, 32 NFL teams want 100% vaccination. Period. Whatever else you hear, and, and they'll always say it's people's choice, and they have to say what they have to say. But if you ask them what they want, what their goal is, it's 100% vaccination across the board. They don't want any issues with this stuff. 
And your quarterback, as a leader of the locker room, plays a role in that, whether people like it or not. And this is, I'm not talking from a political perspective or anything like that, just, just factually. If, if the teams had their druthers, they would want 100% vaccination, and they would certainly want their leader, the guy who's leading that locker room, vaccinated. So for the Eagles, I do think it's a big deal that Jalen Hurts is vaccinated and said he's vaccinated. Yeah, and to go on a slight bit of a tangent, I don't want to change the subject from this, but like, Howie said today that over 90% of the players on the roster have at least one shot, which means essentially they're vaccinated because they're going to get the second shot. So, you know, you look around the rest of even just the division, right? Ron Rivera said, I think he said like something like 50% are vaccinated and they've been trying to get players vaccinated. Like, by the way, this which is, is crazy because he is immune deficient. Like he just had cancer. Yeah. Anyway, go yes. ahead. Well, but like, this is the stuff I'm talking about when I say the Eagles are not a dysfunctional organization. And I'm not painting you in this corner because I know you're talking football. And look, you you were there, so you know they're a well-run organization in a lot of these type of ways. But like, this is why I feel confident like betting on them to be better than the other franchises because they're just a better-run organization. Like, they they Nick Sirianni was talking about today, and he was saying their path on this was to educate the players and then to let them make the decision and to talk to people that were skeptical about it. And like, clearly that plan worked. And I think... In general, sometimes like we have such a not me and you, but like as a society and online or whatever, we have such a tendency to like dunk on everyone that doesn't get the vaccine and like make fun of them. And I think the Eagles took the right path, which is to like talk to them, educate them. And the results are there that over 90 percent of the roster is vaccinated. And to what you said, like not to make it a political thing, whatever, like I'm vaccinated, you're vaccinated. I think everyone guess could guess where, where we stand on this. But that aside, it's going to be an advantage to the Eagles that 90% of their roster is vaccinated and only 50% of Washington's is. Like, it just is. Because those guys can be talented, but if they're not able to play, then that's that. So um, I think it's probably the, you know, honestly... Uh, biggest news to come out today. today it yeah. might honestly, yeah, be the biggest news of the day. I think it is. I don't think there's any question in terms of effect on the season. Like, because even... And we're going to get to the Dillard, my lot of thing in a sec. Like, that kind of thing. Like, that's big news. Knowing that Dillard was with, with the ones to start today, like, is, is big news. But it's nothing compared to the vaccination rate for a team and what that could mean for the season, especially because that might change. That could change in a minute. You know, Dillard could stink, and, and in a week it's my lotta. You know, like, that is fungible. This is this is not. This is incredibly important for this team, for this season on so many levels. And to the guys in the locker room, too, you know, in terms of the way you live your life and go about your stuff and all that type of stuff, it is just it is massive. I agree. It is absolutely the biggest news to come out today. All right. We'll get to what Sirianni and how he had to say in a bit. You did reference that. But but first, a few more on the field things from today. And I just mentioned it. So let's get to it. Andre Dillard with the ones to start today. What do you make of that? Surprising. I mean, my lotto was the starter from the practices we saw this offseason. Um you know, you can they can play it off as like, well, each is going to get their day, and I'm sure that'll be the case. And and even today, they split rep split reps essentially. And it is hard to sometimes gauge offensive line in these practices. Your ground level, everything's happening quickly, so and they're I can't not really, really say, blocking too. I mean, they're not you know, really blocking in the sense that right, you know, shorts exactly, and, no and pads how, are on. exactly. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, but there is a reason they put my lot of first. Like it wasn't like he just raised his hand and Bill, walked out. Dillard, there. you mean, I mean Dillard? Dillard. Yeah, sorry. There is a reason they put Dillard first. Like, so I don't know what to make of it. Like, I, I the easy way to make of it is he was a first round pick. They want him to be the starter, like period, point blank. That's it. Um, and that probably could that could be the answer. But again, like 
he was a first round pick. So I just don't think the idea that he could in a fair competition beat out my Lada is that crazy. And his position coach is probably the most respected position coach on the team, at least and definitely in Howie's eyes, I would say probably. Like honestly, maybe even more than Sirianni, right? Like I, I don't think Stoutland is going to play a worse player just because Howie wants him to. I think that's one position where you can say like the best players will play. And Dillard and Dillard could be the best player. Like he flat out could be. But uh, I still think it's a competition. It's just, it is interesting he was out there first. Yeah. No, it's definitely, it's notable, I would say. And look, we've talked about, like, if Dillard can be better, that is better for the team in terms of he's, right. he's signed up for longer on a cheaper deal. My lot of you have to make a contract decision on, like, this and that. There's there's reasons, you know, and it does make sense that if Dillard is good, and I, I do agree with you, the idea that, you know, we have kind of just cast Dillard off as a bust, and it wouldn't be crazy for the 22nd pick in the draft or whatever he was to figure it out in his third year, especially after being hurt in his second year. Like, it wouldn't be the craziest thing of all time. Like, so I, I do think, no, you know, all. we kind of talk about him in a way where it's like, oh, he's definitely a bust. Like, uh, like we've seen a lot more from J.J. Ortega-Whiteside to say he's a bust. And even then, like we've said, you know, at that position, you never know with better coaching, whatever. But at least we've seen that guy on the field a ton. Like, we've barely seen the, Dillard. It's like, uh, it's, I, I know that people don't like the attitude and the, the mental toughness that we've seen and all that, but... To, to think that there isn't a chance that he could be a better player than Mylotta right now, I, I think is silly. Like, it's certainly possible. Right. I would still bet on Mylotta being a better player just because I've seen what he can do and I've been impressed and whatnot. But I think it's crazy to think that Dillard couldn't win the job. But to your point, I do think it is going to be crucial. And and I do think Stoutland ultimately, I agree with you, I think Jeff Stoutland will play the best player. But, but even on a more macro sense with the team, this whole competition thing, the thing that Nick Sirianni is preached is a core value in his own words to it is one of his core values as a coach and what they're doing there like the best players have to win like this those guys on the field will know like it, they will know who deserves the job like they will know that my lotta has outplayed dillard if if that happens if it's a true competition and one guy outplays the other to a significant level like they have to play that guy it will completely yep. undermine everything Nick Sirianni is trying to do here if Howie Roseman is saying that's a first-round pick he's going to play. Like, that's a disaster, Elliot. That, 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 this has to be a real competition after everything they've told us. Well, and especially on the offensive line where he's going to be lining up to next, next to Sayamalu, who's a veteran, but then from there on out, Kelsey, one of the leaders of the team, Brandon Brooks, one of the leaders of the team, Lane Johnson, one of the leaders of the team. So it's not like, you know, playing Travis Fulgham over whoever in the receiver room or J.J. Arcega Whiteside, where all those guys are second or third year players. I mean, it still matters, and your point is correct. Like, if the whole thing is going to be competition, players do know. Like, they're aware of who the best players are. But especially in that offensive line room, it is going to be very apparent to the veteran offensive linemen who, have, who know the business of football, who have been here, if they don't feel the best player is playing. And I think the best player will play. But I think in the offensive line room, it's especially going to be especially easy for them to sniff that out. All right, what else stood out to you today in terms of, of stuff you saw on the field before we get to Sirianni, before we get to Howie? Anything else stand mm -hmm. out to you from from what you saw in the practice field today? Yeah, a, a couple things. Um, first, Kayvon Wallace was the starting safety op 
opposite Anthony Harris. He was in the uh, like center field role a lot more because he was playing the McLeod role because Brodney wasn't practicing. Um, and I thought he, he played well. There was two plays that stood out to me, and one of them was he had a near interception in the uh, in the end zone, should have picked it off, but it was a great read by him, great jump by him to get there. So I, I thought he had a really good practice. Not a lot of players like super jumped out today. I thought he was one of them. Um, on the defensive side of the ball as well, next to Eric Wilson in a seven-on-seven drill where, so granted, this is coverage and this is not against the run defense, but Davion Taylor was the linebacker next to him. Mm. Um, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside was the starting slot receiver. Part of that could have been because, obviously, Greg Ward was not practicing, Jalen Rego was not practicing, so the depth chart was a little messed up. But I thought an overall thing uh, that was noticeable was a lot of young guys were out there. I think sometimes with Doug and Jim Schwartz, they brought young guys along a little slower. I think this is veteran coaches. You know, they kind of stuck with veterans when they could. I, I think Nick Sirianni and this coaching staff are, are showing, like, they're going to play the guys they believe are the best players, even if they're young. Like, Devontae Smith, who clearly should be, like, clearly should be, he was out there with the first team every rep outside against Darius Slay. Like, he's their number one receiver. And I could see a world where under Doug, and granted he had Alshon and Deshaun and stuff like that, but maybe Devontae comes along a little slower. I don't think that's going to happen with young guys this year. Kenny Gainwell was getting a lot of first-team reps today. Um, I think you're going to see these young guys play. I love that. I love that. What about, yeah, it's good. What about Sirianni's style on the field? This is the first time we've really, I know they had the you know off-season stuff, but a, but a real Eagles practice, his first real true Eagles practice as head coach, what did you notice about his style, especially as opposed to Doug or other guys you've covered? What did you think about seeing Sirianni out on the field and how he went about his coaching business, so to speak? Most years, the first day of training camp is one of the lightest practices of the year. Under Doug, it was normally a 10-10-10, which is essentially like a scripted, slightly sped up walkthrough. They, you know, Some days they don't even have helmets on, right? Sirianni got right to it. Love like, it. All the talk about Love competition. Yeah, he... He backed it up like the most competitive drills you can have in training camp yes! outside of yes! outside of joint. <laughs> Let's go outside of, outside of joint training camp practices. But when it's just the Eagles roster, the most competitive practices you can have are red zone drills. And the first team drill today of training camp wasn't seven on seven. It wasn't like 11 on 11 open field. It was 11 on 11 red zone first team versus first team. So I thought it was Sets one of the most tone, physical. so to speak. Yeah, like all this toughness talk, or not toughness, all this competitive talk he talked about, he backed it up, and it, it showed. I mean, I had Jalen Hurts down for like, just off the top of my head, just looking at it. I had him down for probably like 25, 28 reps as your first-team quarterback. Um, that's a lot for a first day. That's a lot in general. I mean, there'll be practices where he won't get that many. So uh, I think he definitely backed up this whole thing that he's going to create a competitive environment. And I think it's important, you know, we've mocked the competitive stuff at times to a certain extent, but like he is a new head coach. He does need to set a tone. And I thought today was a tone setting practice. I love that. And that's exactly what I was hoping for. And I, look, I think one of the things that you get with Sirianni by choosing to go with him as your head coach and by choosing to go with the staff that he's assembled is that young, uh, energetic kind of, you know, work hard type of attitude that that hopefully is going to permeate throughout the locker room, throughout the team. And I love to hear that. I love to hear that the first day they're out there, you know, going at it because that's what I would have hoped from Nick Sirianni based on the Nick Sirianni we've seen so far. 
So it's good to hear that he was true to that that kind of ideal that he set forth. Um, all right, what else? Anything else stand out to you from the practice before we get to what Sirianni and how he had to say? Yeah. Um, one random observation is uh, Anthony Harris is way bigger than I expected. Ooh. Like, I, I, I just for his safety, I feel like he's got to be one of the biggest safeties they've had in a long time. Um, he's just a big dude. Like, he's he's long, he's tall. Uh, so that was that just stood out to me. And for what it's worth, was, for what it's worth on Anthony Harris, he was on the midday show today. We usually get you know a player or two when, yep. when Joe and John are down there. He's awesome. Like this guy. Oh, okay. oh Elliot, get you'll like talking to this guy. Like he is, he is upbeat. He's positive. He's a great talker, and he's really excited to be in Philly and be a part of this. So I, I was really excited after listening to him talk. Nice, nice. Um. What was the other thing? Oh, yeah. So Tyree Jackson, uh, he I guess he's not an undrafted rookie because I believe he's been in the NFL, kind of bounced around. Former quarterback in college. He's learning to play tight end. He might be the most athletic tight end on the roster. Wow. Like, obviously, Dallas Goddard's a great a great uh, athlete, but like Tyree Jackson is super tall. And he was on the offensive side of the ball, honestly, like the most impressive player to me. Just wow. He he caught, I think he caught everything they threw at him. He had a play where he caught the ball across the middle of the field and just plowed through Davion Taylor. So I thought he had a, a really strong practice. Um and I guess I'll have some Devontae Smith takeaways before we move on. That's a guy everybody wants to know about. Um I had him down with five targets, which I haven't counted up completely, but I'm going to guess that was the most among the first team offense. He caught two of them. One of them was a touchdown. Um, he went against Slay a lot today. He talked about after practice that he really took the opportunity to talk to Darius and kind of get tips on what, you know, what he could do better. So um, I didn't think he looked small out there. He's got skinny legs. It is what it is. The other message I would send to the Eagles is, do not have this guy return punts. Like oh, unless it's Oh my god, Elliot. Yes. Yeah. I saw people tweet that he was back taking punts. I was like, what is happening right now? Yeah. I mean, you look, if you're down six with one second to go and they're punting the ball, maybe, like, I guess, but I do not want the number one receiver on the team taking back punts no. if I'm the Eagles. Well, so especially I'm at his size. No interest in that. Like, there's no upside. Like at his size, like we want him getting hit as little as possible. Like, he's so good yeah. in the open field when making catches and also just when making catches at, at learning how to get his body down and not getting hit too hard and all that type of stuff. Like, with a punt, your head's in the air. You can't control that a lot of times. I, I hate that idea. I don't want him anywhere near punt returns. Yep. I yeah. would, so Elliot, I would rather three. they send uh, Jordan Mylotta back to fair catch it than have not De Devontae Smith. Pumps. I'm serious. Well, like, he's, if he's not going to be the left tackle, he's got to do something. I'll send but, anybody um, back. My point is, you know, uh, whoever. Like, uh, I'll have uh, Jake Elliott returning punts before I have Devontae Smith. I agree. I agree. I would not have him return punts. He was third for what it's worth. I believe Boston Scott was the first one. Then it was Kenny, Kenny Gainwell. Then Devontae Smith. So I don't think he's their first option. Just, I would not do it. I wouldn't do it. So, But overall, good day for him, I thought. All right, uh, we're going to get to Howie and Nick in a sec. First, let me remind everyone, as you know, if you listen to this pod, Elliot and I have been having a blast with the Parks Sportsbook app, betting on anything and everything. I just bet on some baseball the other day, Elliot. I'm not a big baseball better. A little four-team parlay. I won it. No biggie. What? You didn't it, tell me this. I know. Well, when, when it, was, it was on a whim. So it was like sitting there. I'm watching uh, our team play a game. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be up late tonight. I feel like watching some baseball. Let me just throw a, a few a few teams together. I did I did 2 to win Little 19. Shackles. So it was not a, a not a, a massive outlay of cash or anything. 
but I did a four-teamer, two money lines, two against the spreads. Boom! Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It was pretty exciting. Well, I'm I glad might, to hear it. I might have to do a little more baseball betting. And uh, Elliot, you know, been rocking it with the soccer bet. Have you found your new soccer right now without soccer to bet on? Is there a new angle? Well, unfortunately, yeah, like I said, there is no soccer right now. Um, USA does play a game Thursday night, which, you know, it'll be kind of interesting. I'll watch that. Maybe I'll lay a few shekels on that one. But no, I mean, I feel like with basketball over, soccer's not really going. I got I to gotta find a new one. So if someone out there has a suggestion Ooh. for me, we're also not that far. Like, soccer's back in a few weeks. Football's about to be back. So... I only got, I got, a, you know, not much time to kill. Yeah, well, and Elliot and I are going to be all over the football betting each week and, and the futures betting coming up. We're going to start previewing all that stuff. And uh, we're definitely going to be placing some shekels down on, like, yes, sir. an insane amount of football bets, if we're going to be real about it. And and the beautiful thing about the Park Sportsbook app is it's so fun. It's easy to use. It's intuitive. And you can bet on everything. All the stuff we've talked about, plus live in-game betting, which is a wild ride. You can bet on on baseball inning by inning. You can bet on golf round by round, like all that kind of stuff. It is a blast. And, of course, we love our parlays here. You can do the parlays, props, teasers, and so much more. It is just a blast. And like we keep saying, just having a few a few shackles on the action just makes these games more fun. Now, here's the deal. If you sign up right now, you get your first bet risk-free up to $500. Just download the app or click parkscasino.com forward slash PA and use our promo code GOBIRDS. That's G-O-B-I-R-D-S to get your first bet risk-free up to $500. Your risk-free bet is refunded in site credit. The website has all the details. You must be 21 and present in Pennsylvania. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, Elliot, Nick Sirianni, and Howie Roseman, unexpectedly, at least for me, uh, we knew Sirianni was going to talk. Howie plops down with him. It was nice to hear from both of them. What were your general takeaways from what they had to say, and then we'll get into some more specifics. Well, let me throw it at you first, actually. What would you think of Howie talking today? I thought it was weird. I wasn't expecting it. Like, yeah. Um, I, yeah. I kind of – I. Look, I always, it, for what we do for a living, I always like the opportunity to hear from Howie. It just gives us more to talk about, more insight, all that type of stuff. But I, from a, a Eagles fan perspective, you know, Nick's first practice, his first day out there, I might have let him have the spotlight if it were me. Yeah, I thought it was neutering him a little bit. Yeah, like it just, exactly. you know, like this is, this is his moment. Like I don't really see why Howie was there. And to your point, yeah, like it's always better when Howie talks, like clearly. But at the same time, Howie's much more coached up than Nick is. Like, I asked the question to Nick about the vaccine rate, and if I'm not mistaken, Howie answered it first. And I think, well, I know how he answered. I can't remember if Nick said if it was a follow-up or not. But, like, so from behind-scenes baseball or whatever that expression inside is. Inside baseball. Um, inside baseball. Like, we knew that one, Nick Sirianni was One of these days you're going to nail it. One of these days. One of these days. Can't wait. Uh, we knew Nick was talking and then the Eagles just kind of announced like two minutes for the presser that Howie was going to be yeah, there. Yeah, we didn't even, so on the radio, we're carrying the presser on the radio and, and like, I'm like, all right, Nick's there to Joe so he can throw it. And as he's throwing him, like, Howie's there too. And he's like, oh, and I guess Howie Roseman too. Like we had no idea. Yeah, it's weird. And it's not like they didn't know. It's not like Howie just like decided he was going to be part of the presser. So just a little weird that he talked, a little weird about how they handled it. Um, Certainly, and I agree. I would, have, I would just head Nick to it. It certainly doesn't help with you know my fears. The whole like Howie being too involved and Jeffrey being too involved. Like 
I think this would have been a good spot for them to to let Nick do it, let him handle it. And like you said, like it almost feels like he's worried Nick's going to say the wrong thing or something. Or and I think like maybe look, maybe it had to do with the Deshaun Watson questions that we knew and were Zachers. definitely coming, and the Zach Ertz questions that we knew were definitely coming. That that to be fair, look, we have ripped these guys specifically Howie and Jeffrey in the past for putting Doug in situations that were unfair to Doug Peterson as the head coach, where there were going to be absolutely questions coming his way that in all reality are not questions he should have to answer. They should be questions that the general manager or the owner of the team should be answering. So from that perspective, at least if if we're going to rip them on the other side about that, I have to be consistent and say that I appreciate that Howie was there to answer those questions but I definitely agree on the whole. It did feel like, you know, it was Nick's day and, and you know, kind of let him handle those things. Because, look, he's going to have to over the course of the season. Every time something like this comes up, it's not always going to be how he's going to be there to handle it. So at a certain point, you got to let Nick put his feet in the water and answer these questions. Look, Nick's going to be speaking tomorrow, too, I would think, right? Or, or whatever, you know, multiple. I don't, I don't know. If not yeah. tomorrow, he's speaking again this training camp. And there are going to be questions coming his way that, that you know, he's going to have to deal with. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting one. But uh, look, if it was because of the Watson questions, the Ertz questions that he felt he should be there to answer for, then fine. I can't rip him. And I respect that. And I, I you know I do respect that. Um, the Watson stuff. Well, I guess what do you what do you want to get into? Yeah, first? yeah. Let's let's just jump right in because uh, you know I, I think we'll get. Let's stick with the quarterbacks. We'll get to to Sirianni's answer on Hertz as the starter. But first, what did you think of how he, how he handled the Watson question? I thought Howie was attempting to put the fire out was my overall read on it, saying things about how, you know, he understands that with all the draft picks are always going to be linked to people, but like they are excited about Jalen. They've invested a lot in him. I thought it was kind of funny how like last year when they drafted Jalen, it was like, oh, well, it was, you know, just a second round pick. No biggie. And now just a, he's like, a backup, guys. Yeah. He's just a backup. Carson doesn't care. Yeah. Exactly. And now and now it's like well, we, you know, we scouted Jalen a lot and we really, you know, blah, blah, blah. So um, I thought he was trying to put that out, that fire out a little bit. And honestly, if Jalen would have had a better practice today, my takeaway probably would have been like, they're not trading for Deshaun Watson. But because Jalen had a bad day, part of me is like, look, if Jalen's bad, they're going, they're going to make a move. They're not just going to stick with him. But I, I do think how he tried to put the fire out uh, a little bit with that. Yeah, that was generally my takeaway as well. I did like that he said, I mean, something you've said many times on this podcast, the idea that whenever there's a guy out there the eagles are always kind of put in there as like a stalking horse people know that Mm -hmm. people get interested if the eagles are involved it makes better stories if the eagles are involved all that type of stuff and i do think that that is a general factor um i do think that in this case they have been involved though i don't believe there's just been way too much smoke i think they've monitored the situation but look mike garofolo went on uh with angelo this morning and said a weird phrasing of this, but as a if the Eagles are in a, if the Eagles are going to trade for Deshaun Watson, he used the phrase they'd prefer not to, which I thought was like a really, a really weird way of phrasing. Well, it. Well, like, I think I heard that too, and I think what he was trying to say was they'd prefer to wait until this is all done, and they prefer not to have to try to well, jump well, in. And get well, so why? Why? What does the prefer mean? Like. They're in charge. Well, they could trade for him now. No, I know. I know. But my point is, like, the Eagles don't have to prefer one way or the other. Like, they can choose. They can either be in or out. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they'd prefer not to means, like, so then don't. Like, you don't have to prefer not to. You could just not. You know what I mean? Well, it it would kind of be like, 
and not to use this analogy to, to compare Deshaun Watson to like an inanimate object, but like it'd be like if you want to buy something on eBay or a car or something and you're like, well, I'd prefer to wait until next month, but if I don't buy it right now, someone else is going to buy it. Like, I think what he was trying I to say what was the Eagles would, would, what? I get it. I see what you're saying. That makes sense. Yeah, I just, like, the, but like, yeah, like but, if another team jumps in, then they might be back in, is the point. They'd rather wait is the idea, I guess. Right, like if Houston were to call and say, look, we are trading him to Miami. I get it, I get it, I get it. But you know what? Just don't bleep and trade him. I I almost cursed there. I I almost cursed there, dear. That was really close. Really close. Good job not doing it. Yeah, I'm trying. Don't bleep and trade for Deshaun Watson. Like, this is not that hard. Like, this is like a hornet's nest. Just don't do it. Don't walk into the hornet's nest. And don't prefer not to. Just don't do it. Anyway. I'm with you. I think he tried to put some cold water on it. And look, to be honest, I think with the new, you know, the the couple new women allegations that came out a couple days ago and just the whole kind of now that he's reported to camp and the swirl around it, I honestly don't think Deshaun Watson is going to get traded now. If I had to bet, I, I think. Yeah, I mean, he was I, out there like playing running back. Yeah, apparently. I, I just saw some random tweets, but I think it's going to I think this is going to carry over a year. I really do. I think he's going to get put on the commissioner list soon enough. And I think this is going to be something that that lingers for a while, is my guess. Or honestly, he could just stay in Houston. Like, if he starts playing there, who knows how things go. They like, you know, maybe he changes his mind. Maybe he's like, they stuck with me through all this. Like, I don't know. But I agree that the the last week crescendo of feeling like it was going to happen at any moment has has simmered down. Thank goodness. All right. Um the Hurts answer. Sirianni asked point blank, when are you going to name Jalen Hurts the starter? And basically says, you know, does the whole, well, you know, when's week one? I guess by the time we play Atlanta, which was like, Nick, come on, dude. Like, I mean, it was just goofy. It didn't, I think it was yeah. his worst moment in the entire, I thought Nick did a great job today. I think 98% of what he had to say was terrific. And when he's talking football, man, I, I get excited about that guy. But I thought that answer was weak. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't know why they won't just name him the starter. Like I said this on there on there this week, especially with the Deshaun Watson stuff going on. Like just name him the starter. He's clearly the starter. He took all the first team reps today. He is going to be the starting quarterback. So I don't get it. Like, are you worried about Joe Flacco's feelings? You didn't really seem to give a shit about Carson's feelings, right? Like, so I'm like now all of a sudden, maybe you're trying to learn from it, I guess. But I just uh just name him the starter, like flat out. I thought I thought Sirianni was was awesome at the press conference and you know, if we're going to rip him when he's bad, I think we deserve, you know, I think he deserves to get credit when he's good. And I thought a lot of the stuff he said was really good, like talking about the tight ends, talking about how he plans on, um, we're recording this on a Wednesday, like it seems like Wednesday night he's going to spend time teaching the players how to watch film effectively and what to take from it. And like, those are things that I think are important and not every coach might think of to teach people, especially young players, right? So I thought that was very encouraging. But like, just name him the starter, man. Like, just do it. Yeah. Like, what, 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 what's the worst that happens? It's he just plays stupid. Bad and you bench him, got exactly. Problems, you say you could say he's the starter for now. How about that? Not that or just hard. Just say he's the starter, and then if you bench him, be like, "Yo, guys, anybody here disagree?" You exactly. Know, like, I mean, who was this? Bench him, it's gonna be. You know, who yeah, was the starter last year? Carson Wentz. He got benched. You know, like it, it is yep. what it is. Uh, very with you. Very. It's just it's 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 silly at this point. But we'll see how it kind of shakes out from here. Um, all right. One other uh, topic, and then I want to see if you have any other takeaways from the press conferences. Uh, but um, the other, uh, obviously, you mentioned at the top, but the other reason potentially how he was there. How do you think he handled the Zach Ertz questions? Look, how he's good at press conferences. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah, good he's, at not he's, saying he's anything. Good at it. He's, he's very good know. at it. Yeah. 
Um, I do think Zach is probably going to be here unless somebody comes away and blows Eagles away with an offer. And I think that's the right thing to do. Like they have, I mean, they, they have Steven Nelson, like they've signed Landon Dickerson. We, we hope they don't trade for Deshaun Watson. Like what do they need Zach's money for at this point? You know? So I think they're a better team with Zach Ertz out there. He was there with the first team offense today. He, he caught, I think three pat or two passes from, um, from Jalen Hurts, like they're just a better team with Zach Ertz, and I, I think they should keep him. Now, unless you have any different opinion on that, I want to ask you another question about Ertz that's very important. Uh, yeah, my, I, I felt the exact same way, and I'm happy, as I said before, I'm happy to have Ertz here. I have no complaints, especially, like you said, they already signed Steven Nelson. It's not like money's an issue. It's already paid for. It's already on the books. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm totally fine with it. What, what was the other point? What did you think of the blonde hair? Oh, man, I was hoping you wouldn't bring it up because, man, do I love Zach Ertz, and I appreciate everything he's done here. I'm Again, I hope he's an eagle. I'm looking forward to another year of Zach Ertz. I'm in on all of it, but god-awful, man. Like, the, the blonde hair looked ridiculous. That's my take. You want to guess my take on it? I hope you're with me. I generally feel like sometimes I... I, I feel like you're generally right on point with these, and every once in a while you surprise me, but I, I feel like we're on the same side. Don't like it. Thank you. I, 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 I thought like you it. didn't. You, you you threw me out there when you asked the way you asked the question. I was like, wait a minute. But I, I felt like you wouldn't like it, so I feel, I feel vindicated. Like, so I will say that I am somebody, from a fashion standpoint, does not take many chances. Like, I, I, do, I do dress nicely. I care about what I wear. I put thought into it, but I'm not someone that wears, like, super crazy patterns or colors. So like I do I do appreciate and respect the fact that he went out on a limb with doing what he did with his hair and he's a very fashionable dresser. Like he might be the most on the team honestly now that Malcolm's gone. I just I I didn't think it looked good but also like I don't I feel like there's no shot he did this. Like his goal with doing this was was like attention, right? Like he's here, he didn't think he'd be here. This wasn't a decision he made in his personal life in my opinion. And now all of a sudden it's like, oh, and also it's the first day of training camp. Like, what a coincidence, right? Like, I feel like he did this to stand out. And I just, I I would have advised him against it had he asked me. Yeah, I would have too. It's not a good look, Zach. It really is just, I mean, look, I have no problem with going blonde if you want to do it. But the blonde puffy kind of, it just, it didn't work for me. I mean, the blonde for him, it didn't work for me, period. But particularly the styling. But do you that. agree he did it as like a... Like there was something there to it, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. like, I don't know Let's what the put it this way. I said it exactly. before, but it was a choice, like a definitive choice, a decision for sure. Um, the other Ertz thing was, so after practice, we had to kind of stand further away from the field than we normally did, than we normally do. Normally, we just get guys as they walk off, and we're pretty close to them. Now, obviously, because of COVID, like we're in a tent that they bring the players to. Zach and Howie talked for like 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and I was far away i couldn't lip read i was trying to get a read on like the body language and this isn't definitive but i thought it leaned more like not super friendly like they didn't shake hands or hug when they said bye they just kind of like walked away from each other um i would be shocked if if it were i mean like we we know this offseason is gone like i'd be shocked if it were like hey best friend like there's got to be some level of animosity there so i would be surprised if it were you know super friendly super loving whatever True, but Howie is also very media conscious. He he's been in this city for a long time. He knows everybody's watching him. Like, 
I was a little surprised how he didn't go for like the hug to like give a feel of like, oh, well, look, it's all maybe good. he knew that if he did, Zach would be awkward about it, and that would be even worse. Oh, like true, at least maybe. in this case, you're just analyzing the body language, but nothing happened that was clear, right? Like you're guessing based on what you saw, and so are the other reporters. If he goes in for that, and Zach like kind of gives him the stiff arm or something, then it's like a much bigger story. So I think he probably was was playing out the risk reward there and said, you know what? Even though I think he won't be a dick about this, like I'm not going to take this risk because if he does stiff arm me or act awkward in any way, this is the story of today. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. But I was just noteworthy they talked for so long. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Any other takeaways from from the press conferences or even the, the practices that we didn't get to? No, not really. I mean, I thought Miles Sanders looked good when he had the ball. He was running like angry to use kind of like a football guy term. I was impressed by him. Um, Steven Nelson was right out there as the number two corner op- opposite Slay. Avante Maddox was in the nickel. Um, Barnett wasn't the first team defensive end, but no, I mean, I think we think we've touched on a lot of it. Look, they practice tomorrow. That's a great thing now. Like this isn't the off season anymore where one thing happens. We got to wait for the next thing. Like we'll be right back in this tomorrow. And we will be back with another pod tomorrow. How about that? We'll do some parks picks action with some, uh, Eagles training camp action as well. It should be a fun one tomorrow, Saturday. Check them out. Ruben Frank and Elliot short parks, bringing it. On Go yes, Birds Radio on WIP, that'll be a lot of fun. And again, like I said before, look, I never want to miss a show ever, ever, ever. It kills me. Elliot and I spend a lot of our time like lamenting these situations it's and how terrible. sad we are yeah, that we can't. It's like our favorite thing to do. But but if there is a week, as much as I'd like to be there, week one at training camp, like having Elliot and Rube, two people who know this team better than anybody and who get to be down there and see this stuff, I think it's a unique opportunity for for pod listeners and for for callers and all that to call in and ask these types of questions to get a real feel for what's going on down there when you can't. So, you know, if you're a pod listener who wants to call into a show, I think Saturday's a really good one to call in to get that that information from these guys. You can't get anywhere else. It's a really unique opportunity. So, uh, Elliot, any final thoughts before we get out of here? No, we'll miss you on Saturday, but uh, I'm happy we get to record tomorrow too. So yes. hopefully a better day from Jalen Hurts tomorrow and I can report back with better uh, better news. Yes, tomorrow we'll be talking about Jalen and hopefully a better day. Uh, and uh, and we'll look ahead to the weekend and all that as well. So uh, again, I, I honestly, I know, I think the 90% vaccination thing is the, is the biggest takeaway from today. But personally for me, your happiness is my biggest day. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, it's beautiful day. Today. I love it. It's a beautiful man. time. I, I'm smiling right now because of you, and it makes me happy. I know you are, buddy. I love it. All right, awesome. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow, pod tomorrow, show on Saturday. Until then, he's Elliot. I'm James. We'll talk to you soon. 